You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage. And our money. Hey, husband. Good day to you. (laughs) Good day to you. This is quite the celebratory episode as it is our 26th episode. So we have been making a podcast together for a year. Yeah. And we are still married. Yay. And we plan to keep making the podcast at least for the foreseeable future. (laughs) So I'd call that a success. Um, Plus, we have some other anniversaries to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by the number three. We actually have three anniversaries to celebrate, which is very exciting. And actually, the number three comes into play when we talk about our money today as well. You were so excited to tell me that you had discovered this theme of three for the podcast (laughs) and two. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, pull everything together under one umbrella. Yeah. Under the three umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. So let's get into this, our anniversary episode. So one year of producing a podcast as a married couple. Yeah. We should have like a highlights That section. would take a lot of editing, so... Yeah, but you're the editor, so that's fine. So don't ex- <laughs> don't expect to hear any highlights this episode, everyone. Sorry. I can still remember the first episode, though. Oh, yeah? Like it was just a year ago. <laughs> where... <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting here and we started up and I didn't know where to look. Oh, I that's I was supposed right. to look at you or look away and it was really weird <laughs> Why would you look away? I don't know. It just <laughs> seemed, you know, you know, when you're at a dance and you go and you're dancing with somebody and so, oh, well. Have okay. you done this recently? No, <laughs> but maybe, maybe a listener has experienced this before. When you're dancing, like high school prom or something and you're dancing with somebody like you, where do you look? I've never figured that out, and and the and I never really realized it was a problem until I was actually taking tango lessons mm-hmm. in grad school, and I realized I would get so dialed in focusing on the moves that I would just stare deeply into the girl's <laughs> eyes, but I wasn't looking at her. I was just thinking the whole time, and that must have been really freaky for the girl. Yeah. So I thought that might be the same way with the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I didn't so, want to freak you out. In other words. Okay. Okay. Um. Have you learned anything from producing a podcast together? Whoa. Um, Sprung that on you. Yeah. I feel like we have learned a little bit about our work styles, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think we're getting into a better groove. It actually is very helpful now that you're on summer. Oh, yeah. Leading into sabbatical. Mm -hmm. We just have a little more time. A lot of times we're kind of doing these. It always feels a little bit too last minute for me. And now we're starting to be able to work ahead a bit. And mm-hmm. actually have the time to sit down and plan a little bit. And yeah. that that just feels good. That makes for a more relaxed recording session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've just had to learn how to have a normal conversation, even <laughs> though it's kind of, it's obviously not normal at right. all. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> at first it, it did feel very manufactured, but mm-hmm. but now it feels totally normal. Yeah. To have a conversation with these microphones in between us mm-hmm. and to be broadcasting it out to hundreds of people. Sharing our intimate the intimate details of our lives, yeah. our financial lives anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so we have other anniversaries to talk about. Yeah, these are my favorites because these are pillars of how I think everyone should lead their lives. <laughs> um, but uh, one year anniversary now of no television in the house at all. That's right. So 96% of Americans have a TV and 
Did you know this? I don't know if I told you this. A third of Americans have four or more televisions in their house. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. So a little under 4% have no TV and we're part of that tiny, tiny percentage of weird, non, Mm. in the loop. (laughs) So how has it been? I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah, it's been great. I, I don't think about it at all. Really? I don't either. Um, And I really thought that I would miss it a little bit more. And granted, we were not... um, Major TV watchers. Yeah. We watched some shows on Netflix, but mostly we were just kind of watching reruns of things that we loved. And it was just a way for us to relax, to kind of veg out post-bedtime. But we weren't really keeping up with too many like new shows. So it wasn't like a really big part of something that we looked forward to every week. Well, because even, let's see, before we got rid of the TV, but we did have kids, Mm -hmm. we didn't have cable. So we got rid of cable even earlier than that. I can't remember when we did that. Right. So we didn't really have access to much. And so we were just, yeah, we just had like a couple shows that we got Mm -hmm. on iTunes and then Mm -hmm. random stuff on Netflix. Right. And that was it. And so there wasn't really much to miss. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, too, that we would more often, like, watch shows or watch something on our computer. But honestly, that's been five or less times or even, like, three or less. I mean, yeah. it's been so rare. And now that you've been on summer, you have watched some movies mm-hmm. on your computer. Yeah. And so that's been a little bit. But, yeah, I, I just I thought that maybe I would miss it a little bit more. But I just... I just don't. And so I thought that since I think that watching television is part of most people's kind of what they do to relax and stuff, I thought maybe we could share a little bit about what we're doing in the evenings, not watching television, because we honestly haven't missed it and we're not bored. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) well, so we have, we work with about seven to seven fifteen is when the kids are down yep. till nine ish or so. Yeah. So we do go to bed early. Yeah. And even earlier, for, I'm usually asleep before you are. Yeah. Like, I'm usually asleep by eight 45. Yeah. Probably. We're like in bed in the eight o'clock hour, yeah. <laughs> but I wake up every single morning between four 30 and four 45 regardless. Yeah. So that's why I go to bed when I do. Right. <laughs> and I'm but usually I'm... waking up. I mean, I'm always waking up in the five o'clock hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can tell me what you do. I think I do random. I really haven't made good use of my post bedtime mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I think I just kind of, I think I, I read a little bit of news and I probably on do. On your phone. Yeah. Or on the computer. Well, although to be honest though, it's mainly been sports stuff. So okay. like for example, Kevin Durant just signed with the Warriors. That was big news. So I was reading all about that. Um, I still don't, I know you explained it to me why that's a big deal and I still don't get it. You can explain it to me later. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very big deal. Um, but That kind of stuff. And then maybe I'll do like financial stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, random little things like that. But I haven't had, I haven't really gotten into a groove of I'm going to, you know, spend a half an hour reading and then wind down or whatever else. It takes you a while to get into the reading groove. Yeah, it really does. I don't know. It's it's funny. I just, oh my gosh. Harry Potter has ruined the, the, like the whole reading thing for me. (laughs) Seriously. It's just nothing after that. It needs to be immediately enchanting. And if it's Mm -hmm. not, then I don't want to read it. (laughs) Well, the new screenplay is coming out, so we're going to plan to get that. So. That's maybe maybe that'll be great. Um, sometimes, sometimes we play a card game or mm-hmm, dice. Mm-hmm. That'll be you know it's not even quite once a week lately. Um, I, think I will admit something. Oh, okay. I wish it was more. Oh, okay. But you have a lot of work to do at night. I realize, so I never bother you too much. But mm, okay, I would like to, I would like to do that more. Maybe we can kind of make like a standing date or something. 
Um, and you know, I, sometimes I'm doing work like editing a podcast or um, working on a blog post or something. It's not a super productive time for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I am just wanting to relax. I mean, sometimes I'm so tired. I don't even feel like sitting and playing a card game. I just mm-hmm. want to lay in bed and yeah. read. So, um, but yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of it for, for me. It's reading or we play a game or something. Sometimes I will kind of veg out on social media. Yeah. And so really that's the thing is like back to the, you know, what do we do without a TV? There's not really like if we had a TV, I guess we could spend maybe an hour watching it a night. Right. If we really wanted to, but that's. And you know, what's happened too now that we don't have the television. If ever there has been a time when you've said, Hey, we could, what if we just watch a movie or what if we, you know, watch an old episode of modern family or something we used to really enjoy watching that show. I think about it and I feel like in, while I was watching it, it would be fun and then I think about once the show is over, I will feel like um, it's like kind of a letdown or like, uh, I just spent half an hour mm-hmm. not doing anything. Yeah. And so it's weird. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I wish I could just like enjoy watching a television show, but now I almost, I'm like not in the habit and then I feel like it's going to somehow be this letdown. And so, but it kind of keeps me from watching more and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. So I wonder if now we're going to get, because now we really have no input as to like what would be a fun show that we could get into anymore. Right. So I kind of wonder if we're or just forever out of the loop. You no, know? I mean, I think at some at some point in our lives, but I honestly feel like it's going to be when the boys are like in high school or like go off to college. I mean, mm-hmm. like I don't see it being sometime in the future. I really love not having television as like a main form of entertainment yeah. in our lives. But just think of all these awesome shows that will have built up <laughs> that we won't have watched. And now we can we can just like watch them all. <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing. It'll just be like a whole year of our lives that we just lose to television. <laughs> Man, so that would be like as much TV as the average American watches. We'll just dump it all into yeah. one year. Yeah, exactly. I wonder <laughs> how that'll work out for us. Not well. <laughs> okay, so we have one more anniversary. Mm-hmm. This month, we are celebrating our two-year anniversary of being just a one-car family. Mm-hmm. And that's another one that I I can't believe it because we went into it. Um, you used to drive a truck that did have a cab, but it it fit Dashiell's infant car seat. It wasn't going to fit his toddler car seat. Yeah. And, and kind of once he started growing taller, he just sort of didn't fit as well in it um, back there. And so... Um, yeah, so we decided, well, well, we would have to get a new car, a different car anyway... Um, we couldn't keep your car and have it be a family car. So we just decided to try it, um, being a one car family. And, you know, I thought it would probably be okay, but it was kind of like, okay, well, we'll just try this. And if it's too hard or too stressful, you know, we will, will acquire a second car. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't believe that it's been two years and it, it is not hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not it's a no struggle at all. We, we hardly think about it. And so we have, we've, uh, and the modern sharing economy totally allows us to adapt super easily. So when I had to take this trip over the weekend, mm-hmm. I just, you know, got an Uber like yeah. at whatever it was, like six in the morning mm-hmm. and somebody was there five minutes after I ordered it and I was on my way. Mm-hmm. And so we, we dropped like $20, $30 randomly here and there less than once a month. Probably I've used Uber Yeah, far less. Yeah. Borrowed cars here and there from my parents, you know, 
begged rides occasionally from my sister, mm-hmm. these things, but in total, those things happen so rarely. Yeah. Um, and our day to day doesn't require that we use any of those things. Mm-hmm. We just make the one car work in terms of commuting and everything. And so, uh, over the past two years, I should have looked at men for this, but I'm, I'm just remembering the numbers roughly. But yeah. we've probably spent about $5,500 in total on mm-hmm. all things transportation. transportation. So everything from public transportation that we use to, you know, gas, oil change, mm-hmm. tire rotations, everything for the car, maintenance, whatever else. Um, $5,500 total. The average American spends about $9,000 per year owning and operating a sedan in the U.S. Mm. Your just average one sedan. car? Yeah. Just one car. So, and, and the average American family has two cars. Mm-hmm. So 18 K, you know, and if it's a used car, maybe it's down to like five or six K. So yeah. 12 to $18,000 every year. Mm-hmm. And we, over the past two years, 5,500. So just, again, think of like the incredible savings yeah. people could have if you could just figure out, I know it can be hard, but figuring out how to get down to one car. Well, it's, we've been, I think, just so fortunate that our, our situation, despite living in the suburbs of a sprawling metro area, you know, works out and our job flexibility and that we can carpool most days and everything together. But, um, yeah, it's been great. I love being a one car family. Mm -hmm. I really love it. Mm -hmm. I, I think I remember feeling excited going into it. I think I love it more than I even thought I would. I I really love that as being part of our identity. Although now, kind of like you said, I, I don't even think about it, but mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. The fact that we just have the one car. Um, I, I also love that just... I think it, um, just, just in terms of our family life, it prevents us from doing too much running around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. You know, cause it would be, it was so much easier. I think with the two cars for just one of us to go out, run around or like do errands or, or drive separately for, you know, what seemed like a totally legitimate reason, but mm-hmm. we didn't really need to, um, to just be really thoughtful about making plans and stuff you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice too to have a a way to um, not make too many plans to just oh you know that wouldn't work out with the car Um, but really I would prefer for our life not to be scheduled so much that yeah you know that it would be hard to do with just being a one car family so um, anyway yeah we just I love it it totally forces together time yeah in all ways (laughs) like whether it's in the car or out we're gonna be together right yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Highly recommended if, if you can pull it off. Yeah. I was just thinking too, um, not running around as much. Now we drive a very fuel efficient car. We have a used Prius, mm-hmm. but um, we spend about a third of what the average American spends on gas a year. Oh, because we drive a Prius. And we probably drive overall less total miles in the household mm-hmm. because we have the one car versus two. I see. And that's just on a spending basis. Mm -hmm. I feel like we also probably have kind of on the lower end of gas prices, certainly not the lowest in the country, but does that, Oh yeah, that's probably, you know know what I mean? That factors into it as well. Mm -hmm. Like compared to California prices. Oh yeah. So if you're just comparing, so that also factors into it. So move to Arizona and only own one car. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, okay. So yeah, anyway, Congratulations. High Three five. Awesome anniversaries. Oh. Podcast high five. Why did you have to make that super weird sound on the podcast? Because I was, see, I was, so this is a new podcast thing for me. I was trying to high five you while keeping my my face in front of the mic. 
We're going to need to edit this out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to talking about our money. So I said that this episode is brought to you by the number three, which is funny because I never really, really watched Sesame Street. So I definitely did. That's what I was just thinking about Sesame Street. <laughs> but um, so aside from our three anniversaries, mm-hmm. two numbers in terms of our money that are kind of fun. Um, well, let me premise this by saying, let me premise this actually by starting off talking about Brexit. Okay. So the the British exit from the from the European Union and how that was a big deal. Just this was just last week. For, yeah. As as we're recording this now, um, and what was predicted was if they stay in, then markets will you know stay good or mm-hmm. maybe bump a little bit. But if they go out, then there's going to be a you know chaos in the mm-hmm. markets. And I when I see that, and this is just our you know we're we're in saving mode right now. So when I see things like that, I'm like awesome. Let me scrounge up whatever money we have. As soon as everything tanks, I want to get it in the market as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. And over the course of two days, the market dropped by like five or six percent somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so after a couple of days, I threw a thousand dollars in, and predictably, uh, even though people say you can't predict the market, you know everybody calmed down. The market shot back up again, mm. and we made like five percent in in nice. the next couple of days of recovery. <laughs> nice. But that added to so you know we're putting all this in our Vanguard account. Mm-hmm. It added to our current uh, amount, and we broke the 30k level. So we All are right. now above thirty thousand dollars in our Vanguard account for the first time, which is That's really awesome. cool. Yeah, that feels feels good. Yeah, feels really good. And it also contributed to our net worth, which I don't put a lot of stock in because, of course, that's going to go Fluctuate up and down all the time. But those of you who use Mint um, or similar types of software, usually you can see a calculation of your net worth. Mm-hmm. And we bumped up above 300000 our net worth for the first time, too. All right. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah. So I will say, so we're working towards this big goal of trying to save $100,000 mm-hmm. in four to five years. Mm-hmm. That will give just our family more flexibility. We can either pay off our mortgage or we can have this really great nest egg we're thinking that I will have the option to quit my full-time job. If I wanted to, I could focus on writing full-time, um, doing my own creative writing and just kind of have more flexibility as our boys get older. Um, and so just on this path to this big savings goal, it feels, it still feels so far away. Um, I think for every like new 10k that we add it feels like okay we're gonna we're we're slowly making progress so it feels good it's still you know we're still have more than halfway to go Mm -hmm. so so I still want to get to that 50k like that's going to be such a big um accomplishment a big milestone but it does feel good just every every 10,000 and what's nice is so last year we're our rough goal is $20,000 a year for about five years Mm -hmm. at most so we're into the second year. And last year we saved 20K, so we mm-hmm. met that goal. And this year, you know, we a few episodes back, we were talking about how we might um, not be able to hit 20,000 because we had these big expenses. Right. Painting the house, other random Lots repairs and things, and then a ton of travel. Uh, but we are midway through the year. We're yeah. in the seventh month and we're at 30,000. Yeah. So we Just weather that storm. That. And because mm-hmm. I'm getting paid a little bit extra in the summer, so we're dumping money in. Um, so, yeah, so it's interesting. And actually, I'm going to jump a point here. Okay. Um, it made me think about how actually, given how much we put into savings, mm-hmm. we actually kind of end up living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Like, and and I'm, I'm 
you know, every two weeks I'm sending you an email like, okay, we got to be a little bit tighter now, we're right. gonna, you know, before we get paid mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like, it's almost as if, you know, we, we spend up to our means, but actually we're saving up to our means really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because we save so much, we basically, our checking account gets down close to zero sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, and then I've got to move a little money around to make sure we don't overdraft yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we're cutting it so close because we're trying to get every dollar we can mm-hmm. into our savings account. So our investment account rather. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah. So, but it's, it's kind of fun that way. We live paycheck to paycheck, but it's due to savings, not due to spending. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of kind of living paycheck to paycheck, so we are into July and we have a joint goal between the two of us that in July is a buy nothing month. Oh yeah. So, you know, all the, the things that we need, um, groceries, if they're, you know, obviously, um, like if there's anything for the boys in terms of like medication, things like that. But we are committed to not buying anything extra. Okay. So one, one term we didn't set, okay. I wasn't sure about this. Yes. Uh, does that include, so we have our entertainment allotments, right? Does that exclude or oh. include those? Hmm. Interesting. I guess, I mean, I'm really trying not to, in terms of physical things, I mean like a cup of coffee here or there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's okay. Because we did uh, just meet with a new couple over at our favorite coffee shop. That's right. The coffee shop. That's right. And did spend some money there. So we actually spent some entertainment money in yeah. the month of July already. Which so, we have that budgeted right. for as Somehow well. that does feel different to me. I guess we didn't talk about. But in terms I, of like extra kind of like yeah. things. I, I, think, I think nothing beyond our entertainment budget. Yeah. So if we... And I'm not and think. not like seeking out like we'd kind of already talked about hey getting together with yeah. these people um, and I have like a a girls night out coming up this Friday I'll need to buy like you know dinner or a drink or something like that so that's all right but yeah. but I'm like I'm not making any Amazon purchases I'm not making any I mean I normally wouldn't make clothing purchases, but, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, and there are things that I, that I could say we quote unquote need around the house, but just not buying anything. Yeah. So I guess I don't know quite how to say that, but that's kind of what I'm committing myself to. Well, as an example today, I was home working from home, quote unquote, working from home. And I was looking at Amazon (laughs) (laughs) and found these awesome organizational bins for the pantry. Yep. You can't have them. Yeah. Which is fine. Yep. But that would be an example of what I would not exactly, buy. exactly. That would be <laughs> totally useful. <laughs> yep. Even though I absolutely fucking hate our pantry. <laughs> Are we going to go on a rant about this right now? No. Okay. I will contain my rage. <laughs> that could be a topic for another podcast. But I have something I wanted to bring up that's related to this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think just because I think of things sort of all the time that I want to buy. And it's, it's weird. It's, I don't feel like it's because I'm like materialistic. It's more because I think it's more because like I'm a problem solver. I want Mm. just the right thing. And so it it might be in terms of clothing in, you know, um, like self care, like household things. It's like, if we don't have just the right thing, I want to get that thing. So mm-hmm. that I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I feel like that does cause me to think of things to buy all the time. But yeah. so 
I knew that I would think of things, you know, even if I really wanted to not spend money. And so I um, came up with what so far is working pretty well. It is a spreadsheet. It's a things I want spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So I made a Google document. It just has, you know, a couple of columns, a list of things I want. And then next to that, I put the approximate cost of it. Mm -hmm. And it just really helps because during the day, if I think of something, ah, oh, I want that, it just helps me to park it somewhere mm-hmm. and like all in one place. I do use Pinterest quite a lot to try to like remember things, you know, um, that I want at some point, but it just really helps. And then I think it will also help me even beyond this month of, of no buying because then if I have some extra money or I'm ready to buy something, I can kind of look at it and also see the priority. Like something I have on there are new running shoes Mm -hmm. and I really kind of do need new running shoes in Mm -hmm. the near future. And Mm -hmm. so when I have some money to spend, when I am buying things, I should look at that and that should probably be one of my top priorities and not like new pajamas or new (laughs) sandals or whatever it is, you know? Okay. So I've, two thoughts on this first it's like an insight for me because i i don't think i that's it's an interesting way to think about it like you're trying to solve a problem so you're trying Mm -hmm. to buy things now yeah your running shoes i would say that's not really like that's a necessity that's an investment in your health plus you need to have shoes so that's but but, okay so can i buy those no (laughs) (laughs) well i mean okay well let me finish this thought so like the you know pantry organizational things like that would solve a problem but we don't need that right right so i have no problem not buying that i was just looking because the yeah. pantry is ridiculous and i have right. to organize it like every week mm-hmm. um so are there things that you could like write down and say that would be nice to have mm-hmm. it would solve a problem but i can also just do without mm. because that leads to my second thought if you make this list mm-hmm. and you just avoid buying it this month but you eventually buy it down the road did that right. really accomplish anything um well, I think for me, one thing that it also does is um, by writing it down, it's not just like knocking around in my head. Like mm-hmm. I remember things mm-hmm. and and if I don't capture it somewhere, it'll keep popping up to kind of be like, oh, don't forget this. Don't forget this. So I just need to get it down yeah. and then I can relax about it because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, I've got it. You don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> so our new floors on that list? Oh, I haven't put those down yet, but I will. I mean, that'll have like a big, you know, like $10,000 next to it. Did you hear music? No, I didn't hear any music. Are you hearing music? thought I did for a second. Anyway. Oh, boy. All right. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's kind of kind of a little tactic. Well, that's a good coping strategy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about how big that list gets. <laughs> Why? Well, just because again, because if if there are like I I wonder But these are but these are things that I think of all the time anyway. So let me let me put it this way. I wonder about the extent of your problem-solving need. <laughs> like So I know that you for instance you want to I mean the big thing is like the floors for example, but are are there are there little dollar signs all over every uh, like all over the house in terms of things you might want to get to try to, you know, solve something that might be wrong? Well, yeah. I <laughs> mean, but but that's the thing. I see that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I see none of that stuff. I ever, know. I think of except that for the st- pantry. I think of that stuff all the time. And yet, for the most part, I like I don't buy it. So I think you should feel very happy. Okay. And thankful. Okay. I will. 
<laughs> um, all right. <laughs> I just got a look. <laughs> yeah. You did get a look. <laughs> okay. So, um, let's see. We are actually going to, we are actually going to skip a listener question this time, but I have a topic actually for us to get into mm-hmm. that is actually so perfectly related. You set up a great segue for me. <laughs> um, and this is just something that I think about quite a lot and I've been kind of thinking about it more recently and I would love to, I'd love to get listener feedback on this. If this is something that other people think about and maybe how they kind of deal with it. So I guess it's sort of, it's, um, it's like house comparison mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of how it is. Um, I'll see somebody else's house, even someone that we know or like go to their house and they'll have a bigger house than us or, or different qualities of it that I like. Maybe their kitchen is more updated or their bathrooms or something, mm-hmm. or maybe it seems like more put together in t- terms of decor. And I'll find myself feeling, you know, like a little envious or a little, Oh, I wish our house could be like that. And yeah. then, and then when I see our house, it just, it, you know, like doesn't, doesn't measure up. And I'm just thinking of all the things, you know, like I said, that I wish I could buy, that I could change all this stuff. But then also at the very same time, I am thinking logically, I'm thinking our house is great. Mm -hmm. It's plenty of room. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually love that it is a little bit on, I mean, the smaller side in term, in term, smaller size in terms of, I think the size of houses that a lot of our friends out here are living in. I'm not sure how it compares in terms of the American average. Our house is about 1776 square feet. It's mm-hmm. probably kind of on the like smaller average size. Um, I think this is crazy, but I think I saw the average house build like new house build is like 2,500 square feet or something. Wow. I don't know if that's right. Uh, that's sticking out. My I head believe though, that. But. I would believe that. Yeah. Um, but see, so, you know, there. But I'll also like when I see little like those the tiny houses that are big right now or these cute little efficient places um, like in Sunset Magazine where yeah. it's just like a super efficient use of space. I love that. And then I remember our house is a super efficient use of space. Mm-hmm. Like it's open, has great use of space. And and I'm also thinking, you know what? We have a great mortgage payment. Our house was $200,000. It's in good shape. Like, you know, our cost of living is great. And so anyway, it's just funny. I'll have like this dichotomy at the same, I'll, you know, on one side I'm thinking, oh, there's all these updates I want to do to our house and I want to change it. And I wish our house was like this. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, I'm like, our house is great. I love our house. Yeah. And so anyway, um, you know, I don't like feeling envious. I, I, I just want to be happy and content. And I know that we are so fortunate to mm-hmm. have a house that compared to most of the world. I mean, we are just, we are living in luxury. So I also feel um, very, mm, I don't know, like kind of entitled when I start mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, I wish my house was nicer or bigger or something. Like yeah. I just, that's, well, I don't know. Yeah, you don't you don't have to feel that way. Because I mean, it's I think it's natural to have, to have those feelings of comparison mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to think about, I don't, I don't think I do that as much or really at all, but, I, but the thing I latched onto when you're describing that is mm-hmm. the tiny ho- home thing. Mm-hmm. So we're a family of four and obviously it'd be pretty hard for us to go live in 
an 800 square foot or 500 square foot little house, right. you know, right? Um, and and we certainly could do with three, 400 square feet less without too much of a problem at right. all because we have a room that we could easily not use if we mm-hmm. didn't want to. But otherwise, <clears throat> we actually have a perfectly sized house. Like there's mm-hmm. plenty of room for us to play. There's a room for our kids. There's an office for us to Super do work. Super functional. Yeah, it's it's nice and open, even though it's not massive. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's actually, I feel like we have it. So I guess what I'm leading up to is I think about things like this that, and I wonder if I sort of respond almost in like a hyperbolic way, like mm-hmm. in an exaggerated response, like actually we have the perfect, most <laughs> ideal house we could possibly have. <laughs> really? It's a thing that I think. And <laughs> so I'm going to reveal a bit of my personality here, but <laughs> something related earlier today, I was browsing around and I was trying to find blogs for men because mm-hmm. there's an incredible lack of blogs for men. Mm-hmm. Although th- there are plenty, but they're all focused on like, how to groom your beard, you know? <laughs> I mean, basically like how to be the, the ideal gentleman right. and it's like all about gear and fashion and stuff. Yeah, it's not yeah. really about like real life gotcha. being a guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I came across this blog called um, The Quintessential Man. Mm-hmm. And this guy is writing about how, like how to challenge yourself so you can get the most out of yourself. And like, he, there's a picture of him. He's this like good looking brooding guy. You know, he's <laughs> written these books about how to, how to become the quintessential man and like <laughs> all these things and like how to essentially how to become fulfilled as a man. Okay. And I was reading through his blog and I'm like, first of all, he's just kind of full of shit. But second of all, I realized I am the quintessential man. <laughs> My fucking life is awesome. I live in a perfect house. I have a healthy family. I have incredible flexibility. I make good money. Like I started thinking of all these things and I respond with this huge rush of like, I'm already better than you. There's no reason for me to read your blog at all. (laughs) And then you close the tab. Seriously. (laughs) Although I have this like contrarian streak in me, I realized, did I tell you this one the other day? I was thinking about this and, and I don't even like when people try to inspire me. It pisses me off because I, I think to myself, what do you know that you think I don't? I am already inspired. I'm already, I'm already living the life. I don't need your inspiration. Don't give me your cool quote. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, the whole point being <laughs> that I re- respond with just like this. I just think about how we've actually achieved so much and it's so awesome yeah. and everything else kind of pales in comparison. Hmm. I don't know. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's so interesting. I just, I wonder if my comparison, if that's just like, it's just a difference in personality. Is it just so ingrained in me? I don't know. Cause logically I, I know what you're saying. I am so happy and satisfied with our Mm -hmm. life and our house is so great in so many ways. I think I've, I just always loved houses and like looking at their decor and how they're landscaped, all this Mm -hmm. stuff so much. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent so much time thinking about that and it's something I enjoy. And so it's hard for me not to see, you know, changes I would do and all, mm-hmm. and all those things. So, you I know, know, I wonder too, like, uh, so we could live in a bigger house mm-hmm. and it could be more nicely appointed and we could have like a nicer, more nicely mm-hmm. manicured backyard with mm-hmm. more things for the kids and things like that. Right. But, you know, you could have that stuff or... Is that cooler mm-hmm. or is it cooler to have a more essentialized life, yeah. like a, a more efficient life, mm-hmm. but to totally maximize the use of that? Right. So like you, for example, so you've you've made the house exactly how you want it, the colors and the decor and everything else. You use all your free time to blog and to podcast mm-hmm. and to otherwise hang out with the kids. And we have a very healthy relationship, mm-hmm. um, like all these things. Mm-hmm. 
we've totally maximized everything that we've had. So I almost feel like we could have more excessive stuff and we'd hit, I don't know, it'd be kind of hard even to maximize that more because we've, we've done all the things that make people essentially happy already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally right. And I think about that too. Like, you know, there have been, um, well, it's kind of like the article that we talked about a few episodes ago about happiness, like, you know, um, something, you know, big, like, uh, you know, maybe a kitchen renovation or a really big vacation gives you this spike of happiness. But within, you know, a pretty short amount of time, you're kind of just back to baseline happiness. Mm -hmm. And so I do try to remind myself, okay, um, we could get the kitchen renovated or the bathrooms totally updated. And yeah. I mean, but, like, yeah, it's but, but over, but really like it's not gonna change my just like I mean I know I would really love that but mm -hmm. would it really make me all that happier yeah and like the day-to-day -day process like if we had a really sweet kitchen mm -hmm. gas burners mm -hmm. all you know uh stainless steel whatever mm -hmm. would we cook anything differently right no like no we'd have the same yeah. <laughs> yeah or if we had a really sweet office with beautiful you know flowers and everything else would you write anything differently right on your blog you'd yeah. write the same stuff it'd just yeah. be in a nicer yeah. environment or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. And I do think about too, um, like, would our family life be any different? Mm -hmm. Like, like, are we lacking anything in our family life? Are our boys lacking for anything? No, they are loved. They are happy. We play. I mean, they don't know anything different yeah. and, and, and they're doing great. And I wouldn't, you know, change anything. Like they don't need anything else in their lives to be, um, yeah, just be having a great childhood. So those are, those are really good perspectives. Yeah. But that even kind of helps that doesn't, that doesn't negate the, I think it's just a natural tendency to, to yeah. create comparison yeah. between whether it's like you and an individual or us as a couple and, and another couple or like yeah. a fan or like a, you know, a house and yeah. decoration and stuff like that. And I think it's just natural, but mm -hmm. in the end, I really think we're just, we're too awesome com for comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. So yes, <laughs> I, I would I would love to hear from our listeners on this. I would love to know if this is something that uh yeah, that you face and kind of how you deal with it or any tips or anything like that or are you just too awesome for comparison like apparently Chris and I are. But and and that's the point. The point is not that I'm not wild, like wildly egotistical, but like right. can you if you struggle with these sorts of things, can you find the way to be you, too awesome for comparison right. in your life too? Yeah. Cuz I think it's just individual for me. I don't yeah. think I'm better than anybody else yeah, except yeah. for the blogger. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and I, I think that's a really great point too. And I think something that'll contribute to my, you know, uh, feeling um, like feeling envious or, or, or comparing our situation or our home is certainly in social media. Um, just like I love Instagram and I do follow some people that just have beautifully appointed homes. And that's mm -hmm. just you know, that's something that they excel at or that's something that they have. And I try to remember that, you know, they might have a really beautiful home, but I mean, they might have spent, probably spent tons of money mm -hmm. doing it. Like mm -hmm. maybe they're not going to have the financial flexibility or financial security or, um, you know, you just never know. Everyone's dealing with hard stuff in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you trade one thing for another. So, um, you know, just so much in that case, you're just comparing like the best parts of someone else's life to all yeah. of your life. Yeah. And so I try to remember that too, just to put it into perspective. I mean, yeah, yeah, so. for sure. It's all, it's all a balance, but I just yeah. feel like there's so much optimization in our life. 
<laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, it would be hard to get things. It'd be hard for me to be happier than I am now. Yeah. Really. I think that new floors would maybe make me happier. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, okay. So yes, we would love to hear from you guys on this. Um, all right. So let's move on to one big thing. Go do you, it. do you want to go first? I feel like I just talked a lot about all oh. my house comparison. Okay. Um, it's not really that big of a thing, but I just think it bears discussion because, uh, I got a, a text from a friend and he said, Oh, I was reading this article. It made me think of you. And, and it was an article from the New York times and I'll try to remember to link to it <clears throat> in the show notes, but it's called the upshot. And it, the title is, is sushi healthy? What about granola where Americans and nutritionists disagree? So basically what these authors did was survey a bunch of like a, a representative sample of Americans mm-hmm. on a list of foods and asked them to rank them in terms of how healthy or not they were and did the same thing with nutrition experts. I don't know who their nutrition experts mm-hmm. were, but um, they basically then created a chart mm-hmm. in terms of percentage of nutritionists or Americans who thought a type of food was healthy and how they kind of lined up okay. on an yeah. X, Y axis. Yeah. And the whole point was even for nutritionists, there were some foods that were not easily agreed upon. Hmm. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of agreement in some cases between nutritionists and at the average American. Right. The whole point being again, that I think basically they're trying to sell this message that nutrition is confusing and right. even the experts don't agree. And yeah. so it's so hard. It's so mm-hmm. hard to figure out how to eat healthy. And I just think, God, it's such bullshit and it drives me crazy. <laughs> It's totally straightforward. It always has been. It always will be. If you're confused about nutrition, you can look at the like 1910 dietary guidelines and they say the same thing as they do today, which is eat a bunch of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains and, you know, lean meats and assorted fats and you're fine. Right. Like it's no big deal. And actually when you look at this, if you look at this graphic, um, if you follow the link that I'll add, you can see that there's, you know, people generally agree along with nutritionists that kale is healthy mm-hmm. and so is olive oil and so are almonds and spinach and oranges and lean other lean meats and whole wheat bread and mm-hmm. peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Right. There's never been confusion about any of those things. Yeah. Like, yes, there's been this whole anti-carb thing, mm-hmm. but real nutrition experts don't agree with that at all. Like right. that's a bunch of bullshit. And yeah. then, you know, at the bottom, Coca-Cola in, and cookies and French fries are considered to be probably not so healthy. Yeah. Not confusing. Right. And, <laughs> and I just think you have to, you have to strip away all the fads and it's, it's, this is, this sells a message I think that's not true, mm-hmm. which is nutrition is totally not confusing. It's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. It always has been and it always will be. Yeah. Um, so just stop buying into the fads and reading all the excess articles. Yeah. <laughs> Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean meats, healthy fats. We're done. There you go. All right, moving on. Okay, so my one big thing is family memory keeping. Mm -hmm. And this is something I'm feeling so good about lately. So it's kind of a combination of a few things. So I have never been a scrapbooker, photo album maker. I love to take pictures. I've been interested in photography since I was in high school, but I've never been much of one for like printing pictures and keeping them and all that stuff. Um, But I knew when we had Dashiell when we started having a family that I wanted to somehow, you know, document our family. I love that my parents have um, photo albums from their childhood. We have a few from, you know, my childhood growing up and I just love that. And that's something I, I wanted to have for our family and for the boys, for them to have those photos and stuff. So 
um, for Dashiell's first year, I, I would collect all the photos in iPhoto and then I used Blurb, um, which I'll link to in the show notes, but it's just B-L-U-R-B.com, Blurb.com. And you can, they have just really great, easy software. You can upload photos, make great little photo books. And I'm just really happy with the way those turned out. So then my plan was to make Cedric, um, one album for his first year. And then I would start making family photo albums for, for each year. So Cedric was going to get an album. Um, and so it kind of had on my list Cedric's first year album and also our 2015 team Wharton album. And they've just been on my to-do list and just one of those things that's so hard to sit down and make time for. Are you yawning? I am. Well, it's nearly my bedtime. It's 8, 10. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can you hold on for just a couple more minutes? I'm really into this. <laughs> or would you just like to go on to go to bed and I'll just finish the podcast on my own? Maybe we're not going to make it into our second year of podcasting. <laughs> anyway, I'll try to speed it up for you, Christopher. <laughs> I had not gotten to these photo albums. They're just in the back of my mind. Something I need to do. Okay. Um, I can't remember if I've already talked about this in the podcast, but I started something at work called Creative Lunch, where every Tuesday, um, I just like put up flyers and stuff. So every Tuesday, 12 to 1 at lunchtime, you can come down. There's a really big table area in one of our um, work kitchens. And I just said, bring any of your creative projects like knitting, scrapbooking, uh, you know, drawing, whatever, just come work on your creative project. Like here's a designated time to do it. Um, there's been pretty small turnout, but I have been using every single one. I used the first two. I finished Cedric's first year photo album. It's on its way being shipped. And it was cool. so satisfying to finally get that done. And now just today I started on our 2015 Team Wharton album. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so good to be doing it. It's really cool to look back at the photographs of our year. I just, I take a lot of photographs of our family and I love, I just love seeing the narrative of our family life. Cause I do a lot of just everyday stuff. Like here's a meal that we had. Here's what our living room looked like. Mm -hmm. Here's us playing in the front yard. I just, I love documenting that everyday stuff. And it's just, it's cool to look back on. It's cool to kind of see how far we've come, like seeing how little the boys were and mm -hmm. thinking like, oh man, like that was kind of like a really tough time when they were both so needy and stuff. And, yeah. and then you can kind of compare it to now. And anyway, it feels so great to just be making progress on that. And I think I've talked about it on my blog, so I'll link to it, but just the, my method for organizing my photos and, and doing these photo books is working so well for me. And because I am not a photo keeper, scrapbooker, mm -hmm. it's very easy. I'm using Google photos to back up my photos. I organize them into albums. And then at the end of the year, I can just upload that whole album into blurb, pull it into a photo book, super simple, Awesome. print it, ship it. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm just, that feels so satisfying right now. Well, I love it too because, you know, in this day and age, mm -hmm. I hate that phrase. I just used it. <laughs> <laughs> These days, people have billions and billions of pictures, yeah. you know, they're, they're filled up their yeah. computer and their phones and, uh -huh. and maybe even actual cameras right. with tons of pictures. And actually it becomes really hard to, mm -hmm. like, you can't just it's pull overwhelming. up your... Yeah. If you have a thousand photos on your phone, how yeah. are you going to show somebody... How are you going to show somebody something interesting? Right. Like you have to scroll and scroll. So yeah. this is really nice. And the books actually that you've already made, mm -hmm. 
the kids right now love them. So yeah. at one and two and three years old, they like to see them. They love seeing pictures of themselves yeah. and, and you can help them re- like see their grandparents that they don't mm-hmm. see as much and that kind of thing and help them remember. So it's yeah, great. you know, I thought it would be something that, okay, I'll make these now and these are going to be really great for the boys to have when they're older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't even think about how much they'd love them now. So I've yeah. been so pleased at how much use they're getting already. Mm-hmm. And all we have so far are just Dashiell's. I made him two for his first year, like the first six months. And then, and then up until Cedric was born. Um, and yeah, that's just been so fun. So I think that kind of helps, that helps us remember like stories from when they were little and to tell them. And then now they'll grow up knowing those stories and knowing those pictures. So anyway, yeah, it's yeah. been great. It's very cool. Yeah. All right, so I think we'll wrap up this anniversary episode since uh, it is your bedtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find uh, show notes for this episode and find links to everything that we mentioned at our uh, website, loveandmatrimony.com. You can find both Chris and I on Instagram. I am Kels Wharton. Chris is practically awesome, Chris. Mm-hmm. What was your, maybe you should be too awesome for comparison, Chris. <laughs> that's your alter ego yeah. and we love getting your emails send us your questions uh let us know how you deal with house comparison if you have any tips for me or if you're too awesome for comparison you can email us at hey matrimony m-o-n-e-y at gmail.com and if you have two seconds if you hop over to itunes and leave us a star review or a rating or if you just share us with your friends on facebook um tag a friend on one of our Instagram feeds or just, uh, I don't know, seeing someone in the hallway at work. Yeah. Hey, hey, random coworker, <laughs> you should listen to this podcast. <laughs> so be awesome, everybody. The world needs it. And love your honey, not your money. a dinosaur munching leaves i'm eating a deconstructed chipolo (laughs) that's a marshmallow with chocolate chips yeah that's a less artistic way to describe it but yeah oh whoa he has a big mustache